Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to one of the 10 best English-language Fiorentina podcasts on the internet. Welcome to Viola Station. Welcome back, Viola fans. It's an off week for our Fiorentina. However, the rest of the world is still playing some football. This is a week where we saw USA draw to stay in World Cup contention. However... We saw a team over in Italy crash out. Uh, A lot of other things going on in the sports world, but we're going to ignore all of those. We're going to kick it off just a little bit here. Tito, what do you think actually happened and how big is it for a second straight World Cup Italy's out? That's just a wild thing, right? I'll tell you what, can I I raise you with, with an absurd premise? Uh, we love those here. I mean, yeah, what else right. do we I mean, live I on? Mean, it, is, it is kind of what we trade in, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think most people would say that the greatest international center back pairing of this generation is Giorgio Chiellini and Leonardo Bonucci. They will have never advanced past the group stages of a World Cup. Wow. That is a crazy thing. Uh, and I, I think it, yeah. I, I guess it shows just, you then the, the, the way that the game's changed. It's no longer the Italian defense dominance. The, the world has changed. It's evolved. It's midfield. It's attacking. That's that's where the game's won, I guess. The, the world has changed. I thought you were about to go into a whole uh, Amazon Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Middle Earth. Uh, oh, man, we're going all kinds of off the rails here. Uh, <laughs> a lot of I Disney. Mean, a lot of Disney. At this, at this point, if we're this off the rails, I think I have to ask, though, Mike, what are you drinking? I'm saving it. I have a, I have, I have a bottle of wine waiting for me at six o'clock dinners, dinners happening at six. I have the in-laws over. So we're breaking out uh, two bottles of Brunello. 
my wife is is making some delicious fish, one of my favorite dishes. So I'm excited. I'm actually counting down the minutes uh, of this podcast here until I get down for that dinner. Well, we'll make sure to drag it on for as long as we possibly can. Uh, what? Hang on, you're, like you're a doing Fiorentina fan, like a doing... any Fiorentina fan. That that's the way it works. You're doing Brunello with a fish, though. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't do white wines. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. I, whoa. No, Man. I'm not Sorry, a white I, wine kind of guy. I have no. I'm not even getting into that. the blush. I'm not even getting into the blush wines. I I am just straight red wine all the time. All the time, just like I'm, I only drink stouts. I, I can't get into other things. I don't like variety these days. I'm getting old. Yeah, no, that's very much an old man, old man McCormack, uh, yelling yeah. at the kids to get off his lawn with their uh, with their new orange wines and Zinfandels. Holy well, smokes. unless they were going to cut the unless they were going to cut my yard. I mean, that would be great. Oh, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. yeah How about you? What are you drinking? Uh, I've got a. Uh, I've made myself a little plum negroni. Uh, calling mm-hmm. out Highside Distilling again, who's uh, on the island in the in the Sound, kind of across from Seattle. Mm-hmm. They make a bunch of really, really lovely spirits, including a gin and a uh, a Rosina with the actual. It's basically a Campari, but cooler. It's got a bunch of local uh, bittering agents, and uh, they they start all their stuff with like an app like an apple eau de vie or an unaged apple brandy. And ah, oh, it's delicious. They're so good, and the people out there are really nice. Uh, you're ever up in the area, look for high side. Make great stuff. I certainly will. And and this this actually reminds me. My wife and I took our kids out for dinner last night, and I was very upset. And I'll tell you exactly why I was very upset. I would uh, like my, to know. Now now now, my wife is is a hipster. Uh, she enjoys <laughs> the community. Wait, was and, that why you're upset? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, well, okay. I mean, I, I've, I've learned to accept that at this point. You know, it, Tito, I, I think that you would you would probably say that you uh, embrace a lot of those ways as well. Oh, so I'm hipster I scum, absolutely. I, I went to this restaurant, which is hipster through and through, through and through. Great food historically, prior to the pandemic. Great mixed drinks. They were known for their mixed drinks. After the pandemic, this is the first time we've been. It's a couple towns away. Uh, food wasn't as good. And most importantly, I went there and I ordered. I said, oh, I'll have your sidecar. Ooh. We, we don't make sidecars here. Sorry? What? What? How is that acceptable, Tito? I, I want your opinion. How is that acceptable? So I, I will say, speaking as hipster scum, who's worked in bars and restaurants for a while, uh, I don't think that is. I mean, I also say this is someone who likes gas station food. But like that's just not going to cut it, man. Uh, okay, okay. I think we've ranged far enough afield. Yeah. Producer Mike is glaring daggers at us right now. <laughs> what's what's that hand motion? I don't know what that is. Right uh, at his neck. Yeah, yeah. It's. It, I, I think he's got an itch right there on the front of his trachea. Um, yeah. I think. All right. Well, let's go ahead and just jump into a a couple of birthdays here too, real quick, just to uh, shout some people out. Uh, on Tuesday, the 29th of March. So probably right around when this comes out. The immortal Rui Costa is turning mm-hmm. 50, which, holy smokes, that's crazy. I, I still think of him as his, like, iconic 28-year-old self forever. And he's not. Uh, so, happy birthday, Rui Costa, 50. You want to uh, maybe move some of those players in Portugal over to Florence? We won't <laughs> say no. Be a, be a great way to celebrate a birthday, right? Uh, yeah, help us out. Help us out. Actually, yeah. to be honest, I'd, I'd prefer if he comes over and helps run the club. 
rather than just sending some of those players over. I'm thinking long term that that's the better scenario. I mean, Rui Costa and Berdiso is a, that that's a fun that's a fun pairing. Yeah, I'm I'm not opposed. Uh, and hey, if we're talking about fun, we do have a birthday. Uh, Edmundo is turning 51 on Saturday, the second of April. And man, you think that guy's going to have a birthday party? I mean, his name's the animal. Like, he missed games so he could go to carnival. I, he's an absolute lunatic, but great player. And I I would, actually, I probably don't want to go to his birthday party because it would be too much for me. <laughs> and I would die of sensory overload within five minutes. But yeah, I bet he's out there having a blast. So, so good on him. Mm-hmm. Isn't it carnival season two? It's it's just past, actually. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, yeah, my he pers- already partied so hard that he's not going to enjoy his birthday. But I, I highly doubt that. I, yeah, I, I have a sense that he probably goes to carnival, hibernates for a week or two, and then uh, pops back up and just jumps right back in. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, good for him. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, kick this off. Is uh. Some of y'all know we're doing a we're doing a bunch of reader and listener questions this time around, and so we are going to bring on the long suffering producer Mike to read these out, and then McMike and I are going to answer them to the best of our abilities and see if we can't just make his eyes pop out of his head a little bit more with our stupidity. Producer Mike, how you doing? You ready for this? No. Perfect. No. My man, let's dive in then. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Oh, poor guy. He deserves better than us. Yeah, All right. He does. <laughs> All right. Let's yeah, let's get this let's get this show on the road, man. What you got for us? Our first question comes from Hisanka. Why do you guys think Mutiano has plateaued? And who are your guys' favorite Primavera prospects? So I just want to jump in first here and say I'm pretty sure that Hisanka's just saying this because he wants to work plateau and Muntianu into the same sentence for his own like weird esoteric aims, which well in, well in, well done. Uh, I I think that Munteanu, there's just a lot of other attacking options in the squad right now, it seems like to me. And uh, we're going to talk about a few of them in a little bit, I think. So I think that uh, he's been frozen out a little bit, but, you know, having guys like uh, Elion Totsi and uh, Andre David, De Stefano has been playing really well recently. I think it's just competition for places. Uh, is that your sense? My sense, I guess, and we've talked about it for quite a few years now, uh, the focus on the Primavera team hasn't been there. So I, I think it's kind of unfair uh, for Muntiano to ask him to produce because really he was one of the very few big purchases for the Primavera team. So when you only have one or two, it looks like you're striking out Versus it, if we had been making some more purchases there, you know, I, I don't think that necessarily many people would have, have noticed. Um, but I, I, I don't know what his future holds. It, it doesn't seem to be as bright as some of the other players on the Primavera team. And that's what I will say. Yeah. Who, who are your favorite guys on that team right now? Oh, we, we've mentioned Sec several times. Uh, yeah. I love the, uh, the interview that he gave this week yeah. talking about uh, you know, he was at the stadium and, and saw the game. And, and at one point soon, his idea is to, to be, you know, suiting up for the, the, the men's team and yeah. know, coming into the, into the Frankie and hearing all those fans cheer because they've been great recently. 
how can you not love this kid? But uh, of course, again, yeah. we have to purchase him. And he's I, already thinking long term. I love it. Yeah, that, uh, he looks fantastic too. Just uh, watching him play, he looks like an adult playing with teenagers. Sometimes he's just bigger and faster and stronger than everyone. And he's also yeah. got a lot of skill on the ball. He's pretty smart with his movement. He's everything you want in a young player. Confident. Yeah, no shortage of confidence, None. which you have to have too. Like, but you need like an almost yeah, like psychopathic level of confidence. Yep. And I think he's got it. I, I think he's going to be a really good professional. Uh, I'll add. There's a couple of guys I'll add to that. Uh, your boy Destiny Egarefa. I think is definitely one to watch. I really like him. I think he's a good striker, very versatile. Also, he can play all across the front three. Uh, I, I like Andre David a lot, another Romanian uh, who's been playing with Munteanu in the youth international setup, and he's just outrageously skillful, just silky. I don't know if he's got the the motor really to to make it to take that next step as like a, a superstar, but he's just incredibly fun to watch. Uh, maybe a little bit Ricardo Saponara reminiscent there. And uh, I think the last guy I would like to uh, call up is someone we saw a lot this summer, actually playing in the, in the Viola midfield for the senior side is uh, Alessandro Bianco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, he had to plug in and play as a regista while a bunch of the senior players were out in international duty and then breaks. And he looked really good. I mean, obviously, it's against amateur sides, so you can't draw too many conclusions. I've been burned on that one once or twice before. We don't have to get into the details there. But I, I think he looks like he could be a really good player. He's also been playing as more of a uh, more of a Metzala recently and getting forward a little bit more and looks very comfortable there, too. So I think he's, he's someone who I think is going to have a good long career in Florence or elsewhere. Any, anyone you'd add to that? Well, uh, I, I think the glaring... And, and, and obvious uh, miss here is this is Hasanka talking about the Primavera. I, where's where's his boy? Like, why aren't we asking that question? And that's the question yeah. that I think we should be asking. What is yeah. Dima Krostav's future? Boy, is it is. as is it as good as it once was predicted to be? Because I don't know. I don't I don't know if it is. He's he has not looked as good this year to me. He looks like he's not quite sure what his role is a lot of the time. I mean, he's I'm engaged. Not mentally there. Yeah, I mean, he's he's picked up a red card. I, I think his second red card of the year, right, in this this mm-hmm. past game, the loss against Milan. Uh, I mean, he's obviously still an incredibly talented player who's going to improve and grow, I think. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think that uh, that smooth ascent to the top that we all foresaw is quite, quite what we expected. I, I don't think that's there as much anymore. Yeah, which at this point it's a mental mental game because he still has all the physical attributes, size. He has quickness. He has speed. Yeah, absolutely. He's not slow by any means. It, it, mentally, he's just not there this year, and it makes me wonder why. Somebody has to be having that conversation with him. I mean, Let's go back to Vlahovic. You know, same situation. Um, and I, it, I, I do wonder though if he just needs to move on from the primavera and go go on loan into Serie C, Serie B, and maybe that's what he needs is to really compete for a spot with a uh, with a bunch of adults rather than playing a bunch of teenagers. And sometimes being surrounded by that will push players to improve quite a bit. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's what it is. Could be, and I'm fine with that. Oh yeah, I still I still think he's going to be a good player. I think it's just yeah. he might have a slightly different path and trajectory than uh than we thought a year or two ago. Not as direct. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Second question from Hasanka. On the heels of the 2-0 loss against Milan, is Panico the right coach for Fiorentina Femminile? <laughs> well, that's uh, the kind of long pause they tell you to uh, to aim for in podcasting school, tell you what. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You want, you, want, you want to start this one off, man? Yeah, well, listen, I, at this point, she is who we have, and I think that she could be very good for the future. Uh, I, I am concerned, though, more about the direction of uh, the back office side, front office side. Um, everybody knows who's been a long-term listener uh, of this podcast. I, I mean, you know, Chinkota and I have have been you know friends for for several years since I came into this, and and uh, that hasn't stopped since he's moved on. Um, I, I truly do believe he is the greatest mind in uh feminine yeah. i believe if anybody was going to make a jump into men's uh it would be him and and he would do it effortless uh, effortlessly i also believe that if anybody was going to make a jump from um coaching to you know working as um you know more of the front office uh, I think that he also has those skill sets. I mean, he's identified so many players that have come in and, and are just so uh, incredibly talented, gone in to play with uh, Italy on the national team. Um, he, he has every ability. So, you know, Chincota, first and foremost, should have never been let go. I do wonder what the front office um, is thinking. I know that there's a lack of success. The the fandom with Go Women's is still as strong as ever, but there is a lot of frustration. Uh, they support their women, you know, win, lose, or draw. It doesn't matter. Uh, but they are very concerned as far as what the future looks like because we can no longer say that they they didn't bring in talent. They, they brought in a ton of talent and spent a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Where is the coaching job? going we're only three pun three points out of uh relegation so that that's scary that's scary that's yeah, very scary i no i agree i think it's uh yeah i i think that Ponico I, I i mean obviously a legendary player maybe yep. maybe the best player italy's ever produced frankly uh but i you know her her previous stops were working for the italy youth national setup and that's a really big jump from coaching you know 16 year olds to grow coaching grown adults who have been doing this for years and I, I i wonder if maybe it was just one step too many for her and i mean she she's smart i think she'll adjust well and it might take her a little longer than we'd like but she is she's not hit the ground running i think it's fair to say uh some of that is the squad, you know, just so much upheaval in the roster this summer. But yeah, I'm uh I don't know, man. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna close the book on her after just one year, or I mean less than a full season, but yeah, you can't do that. But there there are I mean this team just has so many very, very clear deficiencies. Uh the attack is running really, really well. I mean they've scored 31 goals in uh in 18 games so that's that's fine i mean it's not great it's fine but they've conceded 33 
which is not good. That's the fourth worst defense in the league. Uh, some of that, again, might be personnel. A lot of those, uh, a lot of those reinforcements that came in January. Jacinti, who's now injured and is probably going to miss the rest of the year, unfortunately. Uh, Vero Boquete. I mean, like these are attacking players. There has not been much, much work done to reinforce the defense, especially after losing uh, Aliawanyi. But I don't know, man. I just. I don't get to watch as much of the Feminile as I'd like. I live on the West Coast, and so they most of their games happen at 3.30 a.m. my time, which uh, I'm going to be honest, man. I'm not waking up for that or staying <laughs> up for that. I'm too old. Um, but when I do get to watch them, the, they just don't look – they don't have that connection that you see from a really good defense where everyone kind of knows where everyone else is and what they're doing. And I think at a certain level, that is a coaching thing. Yeah. And I, again, Aniko's yeah. a young coach. She's only been doing it for a little bit. This is her first job uh, outside of the national team setup. So maybe it's just, it's a learning curve for her too. And it's just really accentuated where she needs to grow. But if we come back and see this kind of performance again next year, I think yeah, I think it's time to have some very, very serious conversations about about her role going forward. Yeah, agreed. I, I just think we need to take a look at the front office first yeah, uh, and maybe make some changes there before we change Ponico, but we'll see. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. No, I think that's, I feel like that addresses, you, you good with that, Hasanka? I think he's good with it. <laughs> I think he's good with yeah. it. All good. Allegretti27 wants to know, is there any update on the potential three points or a replay of that Udinese match? Oh, for you get any more Serie than this, right? Really? Perfect sake sorry producer mike um no no there isn't actually i i mean my uh there isn't there isn't i've just been operating under the assumption that that game will be rescheduled to kick off about 30 minutes before the uh second leg of the copa italia in turin yeah because that's that's what the figc does there's that kind of idiocy yeah man i no we don't we don't know and it's we don't know when we know that it will be played. So they made that ruling. Yeah, they did rule that there is going to be a replay. But we have no clue when. And that's no just clue when. And criminal. it's been weeks since that ruling was made. So, again, it, there can't be anything more said than what's going on with this situation here. Uh, it's just what a uh, what a clown car. What a bunch of bozos. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's the answer. Short answer. Yeah. Christ. Kyle Zwaziak wants to know, why is Callahan still getting minutes? And at the same time, what can Dragovsky do to get more minutes? Or is he just gone? First of all, hi, Kyle, former VN writer. Great dude. Good to, good to hear from him again. Heard he uh, just remembered his uh, login information so he can actually start commenting again, which is great. <laughs> um, We've all been there. Oh, boy, howdy. Let me tell you. Um, with Callahan, you know, he... Uh, he's in his very limited minutes recently, he's looked kind of serviceable, which again, it still doesn't mean That's he should be nice. That's yeah, being nice. I'm trying, uh, which yeah. still doesn't mean he should be playing ahead of any of the other wingers on the roster. Uh, I, I do know that there has again, this is pure conjecture, so no idea if this is the case. I would not be surprised if his contract had a few clauses in it that said he was guaranteed x number of appearances 
or he gets paid a lot more money. And so his cameos are mostly uh, coming as a result of pressure to make sure he hits those targets and the club doesn't have to give him more money, which again, that's not his fault. Like good for him for negotiating a good contract. Uh, that, oh boy. Yeah. That's, that's my assumption on that. Do you, you got any thoughts? You know, I'll use one word for both of these and, and it's shameful. Uh, it's shameful that Kalion is playing as many minutes as he is. And it's shameful that Jongovsky is not playing any minutes Yeah, uh, as, as he is. Uh, I believe he's a world-class uh, uh, goalkeeper uh, and, and he's not the second best goalkeeper on this team. No, There has been a lot of uh, back and forth and rumors, innuendo, whatever you want to say. Uh, that Drogovsky's situation is much more off the pitch than it is uh, on the pitch. Um, you know, people have talked about the relationship that he has with the front office. And I think that there is something to be made there. Uh, I'm sure part of it is Italiano, but uh, he is the best goalkeeper. Why he isn't playing is uh, beyond me. Yeah. Kayon is is just somebody that should be a uh, an observer at this point with Cochran. That, that's my my belief. Okay, well that's a little harsh on Jose, let's be honest. But uh I, as... I didn't say that I didn't say that he's the same person as Cochran. I just said go find the seat next to Cochran and he should sit he should park his butt there. That's it. Oh, oh no, I don't think anyone should have to sit near Cochran. That's that's mean. Uh no with with Bart, I think yeah it, it feels like it's more political than anything right now. Yeah. I mean I much love for Pietro Terrazano who's been very solid uh but he's i mean we all love the guy but he is his role is as a very good backup goalkeeper in Serie A, not as a good starter in Serie A. and i think that's about what we've seen uh bart just makes sure he's not as good with his feet he's not as comfortable coming off his line sure he just makes saves that yeah Pietro Terracciano and frankly, almost no other goalkeepers in the league or the world can make. Uh, his reflexes are incredible. I don't think I've ever seen a goalkeeper play for Fiorentina who's better in one-on-ones. Yep. Like, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't get it. I think there's all kinds of other stuff. And I also, I think you make a good point with his relationship with the, uh, with the club brass. Cause let's not forget when he was brought in, he was supposed to be the, you know, we're going to, bring you in you're going to be the guy pretty soon and then uh sportiello was brought in to block him and then alban mafont was brought in to block him and bart to his eternal credit never complained to the media he was always he always showed up for training sat on the bench finally went on loan to empoli uh set the Serie A record for saves in a single game mm-hmm. against atalanta i mean the, the guy is utter class and the fact that yep. he is he's never ever said anything bad about the club despite but i think it's some pretty unfair treatment for him frankly yeah i i think just shows you i mean not just as a player but as a person that he's he's pretty swell and, and the, i'll go back I, I always see things from the business sense we have diminished his value yeah what we can get him or get for him in, in selling this this summer yeah why why would we diminish the value we can get for a very good, very well thought of player? Young, young goalkeeper. Young. Too. Yeah. With inc- incredible grooming. Like these are important things. Oh, he is well groomed. Look at that beard. My God. Uh, sorry. I'm just going to 
think far away thoughts about that for a moment. <laughs> yeah, man, it's yeah. It's, it's just wild. It really is. It's a it's a shame. Yeah. This next one coming from Drew T. Going into next season, who do you want to see in the midfield that's <laughs> there this season, and who do you want to see come in? Wow. Uh, could can I answer uh, who <laughs> I think Mike wants to see come in? And I apologize for speaking for you. But there's this little voice inside my head that says, Samuel Ricci. <laughs> and you say it so well. Thank you. But um, uh, does that sound about wow. right to you? It, it, it did until he was sold for dirt cheap in January when we still needed some midfielders that had class. Yeah. Um, you know, this this has always burned me this this midfield that we've had uh after and, and i remember we did a podcast and said oh my god the, the the midfield coming in at the beginning of last season was amazing you know we we have one of the best midfields out there uh or was it two seasons ago at this point i guess it was two seasons ago. Uh, my goodness. Uh, i mean that's kind of what we do every year though yeah. right let's let's be honest here <laughs> we, we were so happy with it but it, it never it never came to fruition and ever since then, I believe it has been our deficiency on the team. Uh, I'll, I'll start with the question as far as who should we keep. I, I, I will give credit where credit's due. Uh, Castro has looked so, so, so much better over the past few games, significantly better. Uh, and there has been consistency in, inside of that small grouping. However, I am concerned if there's going to be consistency long term. I am concerned, is he going to make his way back to peak performance, which was a national type player? Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case. And I do believe if Fiorentina is going to be playing year in and year out in Europe, we need to start attracting national players in that midfield. That, th my biggest concern has been this midfield, and, and, and it frustrates the hell out of me. I, I love Torea, so keep him. You have to buy him. You have to. Stop negotiating. Just go and buy him. Like, after the performances that he's given, after he lost a tooth for the club, why yeah. would Arsenal <laughs> cave? I mean, come on. Just I, buy him. I, I believe the name now is Toothless Torera instead of Lucas Torera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Love, and he, love and he that earns little guy. Bit. Yeah, for he sure. He earns it. No, I, uh, I think... I think he's definitely a lock for next year, barring some catastrophe, which, you know, at Fiorentina never happens. Yeah. Oh, it scares me. It scares me. Yeah. Here, um, here's a question for you. Uh, is he cheaper now? I mean, does Arsenal charge per the tooth for that? 50? Is it 15 million euros? <laughs> or does that drop down to like 14 and a half now? Well, or can we actually make more for him because he lost that tooth and he puts it under the pillow and now the tooth fairy is going to bring some money for the Fiorentina <laughs> club? <laughs> to pay for part of his <laughs> uh, I have no clue where the tooth fairy fits into FFP. No, I think well, uh, yeah. no, I think that uh yeah, Torreira Castrovilli, I don't think is gonna move. I don't think his value is high enough to be worth moving him right now. Uh Jack Bonaventura is about to extend his contract. He'll be in for next year for sure. After that, I don't uh Alf I mean, I really want Alfred Duncan to stay. Yep. Because he's fantastic. He mm -hmm doesn't play as much as I think he should. And every time he plays, he looks great. Um, but yeah, after that, I mean, Eric's had a tough time at Galatasaray. I, I think he's going to be coming back. Going to have to figure out what he does next year. Which we said uh, we should have sold him instead of loaned him. Stop with this loaning. 
Uh, Sofia Namrabat, I think, is probably going to look for a for a job where he can uh, where he can be starting more often. I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to move on and uh, as a bag boy at a grocery store, maybe. Man, hatred, hatred. Uh, and then, I mean, yeah, the uh, the other guys, Yusuf Mala, who I like. I think he's got a good career, but I think he might need another year working in Serie A. He he runs like a he runs like his tail's on fire yeah but i don't think that he's good enough on the ball right now and so at that point you have to look at who's who else is on loan too which is uh Zimon Zerkowski is the good mm-hmm. one we love big mm-hmm. z i think that he he reminds me a little bit of mala honestly except that he's also one of the best uh dribblers in midfield in Serie A. which he's I, huge yeah also he's a tank <laughs> <laughs> So no, I, I really think he might have a, a spot in this team next year. Uh, the other guy is Marco Benassi, who I think, God love him, probably not unless you really want to buy Berardi. Uh, so no, I, I think that means you're probably looking at bringing in one or two more midfielders. And I'm guessing, just be, just looking at the profile of who's staying, I don't think you're going to try to buy a starter to leapfrog Lucas Torreira. I don't think you're going to try to find someone to leapfrog Jack Bonaventura. And I don't think you're going to try to find someone to leapfrog uh, Gaetano Castrovilli, frankly. Oh, you, oh. Yeah, you this like that. You like this that, is heartbreaking. You? This is no, heartbreaking. So I, I, think the, I think the real plan is probably to find another regista who can play when Torreira is at the dentist. And then... Uh, he never goes. He stayed in the game. Are you kidding? Oh, this is this is this is the most this is the most di- disappointing how, conversation I've had. Did you see how quick they got that tooth back in? He had it back in like later that night. It's incredible. Yeah, but he, he's going in his off minutes. He's never leaving a game. <laughs> no, uh, uh, all right. We're gonna take a couple minutes here. I, I like Malay. I agree. He goes on on loan. I like Duncan, but he has to be spot minute type guy. Torreya stays. You can only. I'm telling you this. You can only keep one of Jack and Castro. I'm done with this. I'm done. And we need to find somewhere that we could start upgrading. Polgar's gone. Amrabat's gone. Banasi's gone. Wonderful re-signing that we made last year. I mean, thankfully it was done under the table or, or we would have seen a lot more <laughs> posters uh, around the city of, of uh, Florence. I love Grumpy um, Mike. But, well, I've been talking about this for a long time and I don't like the way that this direction of this conversation is going. <laughs> Only one of Jack... And, and Castro, and we need to get a midfield stud starter. Please, please. Uh, who would that be for you besides besides Samuel Ricci? Name, give me one I, name. I, I, I'm not because I I keep getting my hopes up in, in this situation. I keep naming players, and they just go for dirt cheap elsewhere, and they look so goddamn good. And then I, I find myself in tears at night, and my wife is asking me what's wrong, and I just whisper, Fiorentina. It's 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 so awful. I, I won't get my hopes up again on a specific player. I just want a stud midfielder to come in there and control the dynamic of that midfield and make us better. Sorry, that just uh, can we move on to the next question? I'm so uncomfortable <laughs> with uh with how this is going. Um, um, producer Mike, can you can you come rescue this, please? Sure. So while Mike is not naming names for any players, Martin Smanchuk, <laughs> I'm sorry if I butcher that pronunciation, assuming Drongovsky and Milankovic leave this summer, 
who would be your ideal replacements? Oh boy. Uh, I think good for Milenkovic. I, I actually like Igor. I like Lucas Martinez Cuarta. I'm fine with them being the starters next year. If Milenkovic leaves, I think that's okay. As, as the team grows, I think they both shown, shown steps. Uh, so I think at that point you're looking for a third guy. So basically you want someone who's better than Matija Nastasic, who just <laughs> hasn't really shown that he uh, he's going to do it in Florence this time around. Right. Uh, so I'm interested in some of the younger guys. Uh, I think that the two who stand out to me are Matteo Lovato. He's at Cagliari on loan from Atalanta. I really like him. I think he's a good player. What do you think about that, Mike? Uh, yeah, yeah, another big guy. Your your type. Um, <laughs> he, he looks like a really good player. He's very young too. I think he's what 20, 21. So I think that letting him slot in as that third center back, get some spot minutes, improve slowly, and then in a year or two let him be the starter. Uh, ditto, not quite as high on uh, Mattia Viti out of Empoli, but I think he's also another good young central defender. Uh, he's, I think he's, yeah, 19 or 20 also. Uh, and he's, he's been playing some minutes for them and looked pretty sharp to me. So I think either one of them would make sense. But yeah, I think grabbing a, grabbing a young guy makes a lot of sense here, uh, especially if you've got Igor and Martinez Cuarta who are there to probably play those starter roles. What, what do you think on center backs? I, I, I am fine objectively with uh, LMQ and, e- and Igor. However, living in the world where we live, talk about the Dronkovskiing of LMQ over the past couple of months. <laughs> I mean, what the hell happened there? Uh, th- that makes more sense to me. Igor has been fantastic. And I don't think has. that Martinez Cuarta is anywhere near Milenkovic's level right now. So I think he's just been jumped in the packing order. I think it's as simple as that. Just hasn't seen a minute. So that that worries me. Um, it, it does worry me. I, I, I've heard rumors that LMQ just doesn't fit in, which doesn't make any sense. And again, is there some more back office things going on? I don't know. Um, so I'm going to go and name a player now because we're out of the oh, midfield and, and, right, and, right. and, and I'm no longer going to have my heart broken by midfielders. So I'm going to fall in love with a center back, which means this guy will never, ever make his way into Florence. Marcos <laughs> Sinisi. I love this Argentinian. Big. Beautiful, bad-ass dude who has a contract expiring in 2023, still relatively young at the age of 24. And also, even though he's an Argentinian, he has an Italian passport. Yeah, don't have to worry about that non-EU slot with him. He should be relatively cheap. I know Rome is in there on him as well. However, we may also have a wild card in one Nicolas Berdiso in helping to bring this guy into the club. So I, I think all, everything is lining up for us to be able to make a move on, on a future stud and a current stud. I think he slots in very nicely and has a nice rotation with LMQ, uh, Sinisi, and and, uh, and Igor. I yeah, think I like, that would be a nice rotation. I like Sinisi. He does offer something a little bit different. He's more of a, he's yeah, he's a big lad. Uh, and I like yeah. him as a I like him as a penalty box presence as a possible target on set pieces, which Milenkovic is really the only one in the team right now. We'll have to replace that. Yeah, so that that is actually really important. We've seen how badly Fiorentina has struggled from dead balls uh, when Milenkovic isn't there. So no, I, I don't think that's a bad shot at all. I'm I'm down. Uh, 
for a for another goalkeeper. I mean, obviously, we would both rather keep Drogovsky than bring in anyone else, right? Like we can we can start with that. But if you have to bring in someone else, who do you got? So we've we've heard Cronio and, and Merritt being the names yeah. thrown out there. Merritt seems to be the easier one to get, cheaper. I don't prefer him, uh, to be honest. So if we're if we're sticking with the names that we've heard, I would prefer to see Cronio come in. Perfect. That's who I have to. I like I like Alessio Cronio a lot, and especially if Kaliuri goes down. Yep. Hey. Fingers crossed. Hey, just say, oh God, wouldn't that be great? It would be for many reasons. For right? many reasons. For Which many reasons. Uh, we'll state it. It's the racism. Uh, producer <laughs> Mike, what you got next? <laughs> Second question from Martin. Why did we change our logo? Ooh, this is solidly in your portfolio, Mike. Take it away. Yeah, I mean, to be quite honest, this was always the plan. Um, Rocco has talked about it for a long time. It, the the plan was always to come up with making this a, a newer, more modern version of what he acquired, and a new logo was always part of that. Um, so we have a new logo. I, I think the next question is, you know, do people like it or not? I, I personally don't dislike it. I, I like it. I, I, I you know I fell in love with the one that we've had. That's, you know, when I started watching the team. So there is an emotional attachment to it. I don't dislike it. I think it's very small, which is the first uh, thing that that I'll mention. And also, you know, the Lily is small, too small on there in in comparison with the purple V, which I assume and I haven't heard it mentioned is is for Viola. Um, I, I haven't heard that explained very well. So, so there are a couple of things. I think it's small overall, and I don't like the ratio of the, uh, uh, of the Lily to the purple V. No, it's, I mean, I think it's very clear that we both have a passion for graphic design, right? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, let's, let's be real here. The reason that they changed the logo was for merchandising, right? Like this is how the club makes money. They got a new logo. They could sell some more stuff. Uh, and they need they need these revenue streams. If they're not going to get a new stadium that they own, they need to figure out how to make this kind of money, especially with the new financial fair play. And I am putting fair in so many scare quotes right now. Um, I, I think that figuring out how to make more money from basically squeeze it out of the rocks is really important. And I think that the club, you know, is probably trying to do that. I know that a lot of people really don't like it. Uh, that said, we, we put a poll out on the uh, on the site this past Friday asking what people thought. And I think something like 60, 70 percent last time I looked said they either liked it or at least didn't hate it any more than they liked the old one. So they're about neutral on it. So, you know, I mean, the, 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 the people are like, oh, you can't ever change the logo. Rah, rah, rah. Like, many times in the past, like, come on, the game yeah. changes, things change. It's fine. At least it's not the, that idiot Jay, those yeah. knuckleheads up in Turin use. Right. So let's, let's be thankful. But it does seem, it does seem like it's in the line of their change though. Right. It, it, it seems like it's more minimalist style. It, it's cleaner lines. Um, so it seems like it's in line with what Juve did. It is. I, it's, I, it's better. I'm okay with it. it it's it way is. better. <laughs> let's let's get I'm, that out right now. 
It is. And, and, and I'm okay with it. I, I, I like it. I, I can say that I do like it, despite saying that I like the old one better. There are a few things, subtle changes that I would make to make it look better, but we'll see. No, that's fair. I mean, it, it looks a little bit too much like uh, on PES when the, uh, when the game can't license the actual club name and badge. It looks yeah. a little bit too much like, uh, uh, what would that be like? Well, I don't even remember what it's been in the past for Fiorentina, but it looks something like that to me a little bit. But it's, ah, I don't know, it's fine. I mean, it'll make the club some money. It's still the same team. I don't really care that much, if I'm honest. Yeah, it was pretty funny when we were messaging back and forth and we realized that it looks like a nice Decepticon logo. Yeah, it really does, though. It, it really looks, does. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, oh, wait. No, this is bad because now Michael Bay is going to try to make a Fiorentina movie. And while, like, explosions are kind of what this team does better than anything, right? Like, please not Michael Bay. Oh, my God. Sorry. Don't want to drag it. Like- I feel like Rocco would make a really good financial deal there, though. Like, there's a lot of money for for Rocco to milk out of that. So know, I'm okay with it. You know what? If it, if it gives you enough to buy some players, yeah, I'll, I can I can get that. Zintaro wants to know: Should we, and potentially will we, continue our pursuit of Domenico Berardi this summer? Those are two very different questions. Um, I. Mm, I'm kind of in two minds here. I mean, Berardi's obviously an unbelievably talented player who would improve the team. But also, this is a team with five wingers already. I don't think you particularly want to invest your entire transfer budget for two straight years into wide attackers. So unless the plan is to ship out one of Sotil or Sapomada or Nico Gonzalez or Jonathan Icone, for a lot of money, I don't think it makes sense from a team building perspective. I think that money needs to be spent elsewhere. We've mentioned a few other spots. Don't have to get back into that. Uh, so yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked if they kept asking around, seeing if they could get a deal, but I don't think it's going to be a priority, especially with two other left-footed right-wingers already on the roster. Also, that is such a tongue twister. Two other left-footed right-wingers. I'm very proud of myself. Sorry, just wanted to, not to brag, but you know, just say, just say. <laughs> Listen, credit, credit, credit needs to be given where it's due. Uh, I, 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 I look at this in a couple different ways. Do we need Berardi? It would be nice to upgrade, but I agree we would need to sell somewhere else. Um. I also look at it from the Sassuolo standpoint. There have been rumors out there that he could be going for less to somewhere like AC Milan. What is that relationship between Fiorentina and Sassuolo when we overpaid for Duncan and a lot and, of the other players that we've been looking at? And Paul Larola. And Larola. Don't forget. Uh, yeah. Severely overpaying for. And, you know, everybody else that we've looked at from them we're told that we need to give up an arm and a leg while people are just giving up toes. But I don't get it. Well, that turned graphic. Uh, very Lebowski all of a sudden. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely very much in favor of not uh, removing any uh, appendages. appendages. Yeah. Uh, if, if that's what it takes to get Berardi. So yeah, maybe, maybe no Berardi all of a sudden now, I think. 
Christ. spend the money elsewhere. Midfield, center back. And, and we also have that left back position that could be upgraded. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's about right. And, and goalkeeper, I guess. Yeah. And now we pause to sigh deeply. <sighs> John Goski. And moving on. From Eddie, 1984, who were your three best signings in the Rocco era? And who were your three worst? He did provide the disclaimer, you cannot count Cochran, because I think we all, we, we know the answer to that one. Yeah, I mean, best signing. the best signing. Yeah. <laughs> well done, well done. Uh, do you want to start with best or worst? I feel like we should start with worst so we can finish on a slightly happier note. And, and can we just agree that we, we're talking about players, so like Italiano doesn't slide in here, right? No, I think that's fair, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You go ahead. All right, cool. Uh, three worst signings, I think, for me, are uh, Pedro is number one. Although, I mean, that was still just such a weird thing, but, you know, I think paying money to act as the bag man, essentially, so he could switch from one club in Brazil to another club in Brazil and making like a million euros off of it was just really stupid. Uh, I hated that deal. It was really irritating and frustrating to put up with. Uh, the number two for me, I think, has to be uh, Jose Callejon. With respect, he was brought in to be a Kyoso replacement and is not that, has never been that. Uh, just, a, just a complete misfire, I think, especially when you came into a season with your coach being Giuseppe Iacchini, who was going to use him as a wingback, which uh, not not ever going to work. That was I thought that was just an absolutely miserable decision. Uh, the third one, I will go a little more controversial this time, and I'm going to say Frank Ribery. I mean, I think that Ribery brought a lot of wonderful moments to this team. Uh, probably without him, might not have stayed up. Very appreciative of that. Also, he worked really, really hard while he was in the team. But I think he also, I mean, like the the way that he operated, he needed the whole team to play around him in a way that I think stunted everyone else for two years. And uh, I I think that we could have seen Flaovic improve much more quickly. Otherwise, I think that Kostrovili's trajectory looks really different otherwise. I I think that the, the whole team just basically got to a mental state where they were they decided to not really play and just give the ball to Ribery and see what he could do. And I, I think that kind of mindset and mentality is extremely hard to shake off. And so I think that was, I don't think it was a great signing. I think it was a mistake. I really do. Again, nothing but respect for the man himself, but more in a, not like this is not me saying that as a player, he's not good. Cause he is, he's incredible. He's 40 class. He always has been, always will be. But I think that it was just absolutely the wrong situation and the wrong decision to break the wage structure to sign him. I, I, I thought that just showed an incredible lack of self-awareness about where this club was at the time and what its immediate future was. Yeah, I, I think that they're interesting. Um, you know, Pedro, I'll say this, you know, the club actually found a way to have a profitable signing. Um, fair, fair. We have, we have, we haven't had any of those, right? Fair. No, okay, okay, okay. Since, since Corvino left, we haven't had a profitable signing. Uh, there I said it. Um, 
you know, Ribery, I think was was less of a signing and and more of a uh, of a brand. Uh, I sat in the room with Rocco and, yeah. and we talked about the social media brand. Uh, he he told me Frank Ribery has twice as many followers on social media than the entire club and players together of Fiorentina. That's what that was, and, and I completely understand the business side behind it. Fair, um, fair. I'm I'm gonna stick with Cajon, uh as hey, number one. My guy, numero uno, Papi Chulo. No, uh, <laughs> uh, gets oh, all. <laughs> gets all was was just awful, awful I, he, signing. Hey, that one free kick was pretty cool though, right? Awful signing. When, okay, in, in a yeah. year when we needed more on the wing, that's what we got. Uh, and, yeah. and I, like he just, it, it looked like, honestly, he ran like the kid in Forrest Gump with, with the, with the, with the, uh, um, things tied to his legs. Like, do you mean Forrest Gump? Forrest Gump. Yeah. Well, the kid that played <laughs> young Forrest with, with the splints on his leg. I mean, it was awful watching him run. I, I'm pretty sure Sapinar is even faster than the guy. It was an awful experience to watch him play football. Uh, and then another awful experience to watch somebody play football was Malqui. Um, oh, one yeah. Of, yeah, great one, shout. Of, one of what? Two? One of two signings last January when we were relegation bound and we needed to sign players. And you had coaches telling player or the, the, the team what players they wanted. And one of them that we got was Malqui and Cochran. Yeah. So we can't say Cochran. I get it. But Malqui. Yeah. Guilty by association, awful. if nothing else. No, awesome. great, great shout on Kevin Malqui. I forgot about him. What a, whoo. What, I mean, didn't play much, but when he played, he, woeful. Holy smokes. Uh, yeah, great. No, I, I, won't, I won't quibble those with you. All right, you want to do uh, three best now and, and kind of, you know, get some potpourri in here, make it a yeah, slightly let, more pleasant let, place? Let's spruce it up. Yeah, let's yeah, spruce yeah. it up. And, and, and to be honest, I, I thought that there was an opportunity for a few more. On this list, uh, I'm only going to name my three, but you know, maybe after you go with yours, if you don't mention them, I think that there's a couple. Um, I think we could do some honorable mentions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it made sense. Uh, Terea, in my opinion, has been the best signing that we've made sure. since Rocco took over the club. And let's give credit to Prade because Prade wanted him last year as well. Um, so this year it finally worked out. We were able to get Terea. I, I, I am going to move. In, in surprising myself to number two, I'm going to move Jack Bonaventura oh, up to number okay. two. Okay. And there, there, there's also a business side of this. It was free. Yep. Free, 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 free. I, I like that in a player. And he came in <laughs> bringing so much experience, so much tutelage. And he's, not, he's he's been great on the pitch. But everything you hear about from the players, he's been willing to take the time to talk to them and teach them walk them through the professionalism of the game. And I think that that's so important Yeah, in a club like Fiorentina, in a city like Florence, where we haven't had professionals out there on the team. I mean, you think about it, Cyril Terrio was, was on the team the year okay, before. Okay, now that's not they, so, so we that. needed to class up the joint a little bit <sighs> before we brought it back down with the guy who will not be mentioned. Uh, and, and I'm going to go with number three, who was the guy that had me the most excited of a signing in years, which is Nico. Uh, I don't think he's been as good as, as advertised, at least the way that I built him up in my mind, but 
he is still, I think, the, the third best signing. And uh, I, I love the future with this guy here, hopefully at Fiorentina. There, I think those are three good three good calls. I'll tell you what, I had Jack on mine too. So I was, I was glad to hear you say that so we don't have to fight about this. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, only scores bangers. Like, yep. what do you want from the guy, right? Uh, the second one I'm going to put actually is Igor. Oh, wow, okay. He I, shot up pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think that finding a uh, a starting center back who was a part-time wing back at Spall two years ago, and they got a – I mean, how much was he, like $2 million, $3 million, No. There? I think it was like upwards of 5 or 7 wasn't it? Was it? Oh, I didn't think it was that much, but regardless. I thought it was. We'll see. Regardless. I mean, I think that being able to identify his talent – I mean, he's pretty easy to identify as a human because he's wider than a refrigerator – but being able to identify that talent and turn him into a starting central defender, uh, a, a position he never played in the back four so quickly, I think was, is really impressive. Oh, 5 million I've, producer Mike says either that or he really wants a high five through the screen here. Hey buddy. High five. <laughs> no. Okay. I don't think that was it. I think it is 5 million. Uh, the, the third, the third best signing, I think, uh, I, and I can't believe you didn't include this is uh, Antonio Rosati. Because he is the coolest dude on the team. I love him so much. He's hilarious. He is worth I, I remember when he first signed, a lot of people were like, why are we signing a third goalkeeper who's old and will never play? This is stupid. He's answered that question so many times. Just, just the picture of him after the game where he sharpied in his tooth and stood next to Torreira. Oh, my God. I yeah, Antonio Rosati is just so great. And I, I think that we need to appreciate uh his his majesty far more than we do. Uh so yeah, Rosati for sure. Interesting. All right, all right. I'll, I'll come up with two honorable mentions. Ikone, who I think can become better than he is, and LMQ, who I, I thought was like one of the three best and or or three most talented players on the team going back to like November, December. I'm very confused as to what's happening here, but I, I, I do believe the future. He's he's one of the three best players that will have a great future um, over the next ten years. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that LMQ is just that the past couple of months he's dropped out of the side a little bit, which you know that happens sometimes. Long term, super bright outlook. Uh, same for Icona. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you the whole way here. We just won't have any dishonorable mentions because that's a long, long list. No, no, no. There's enough dishonor here. Thanks. Yeah. We've sufficient dishonor. Almost to the end. Gabby B wants to know, what are our chances of winning the second leg of the Coppa Italia semifinal? Um, I'm going to go with a strong, not great, Bob. Um, I mean, I, I really think that Fiorentina missed a chance in that first leg, I, again, just crushed for Lorenzo Venuti. I, I, that's just the cruelest thing I can imagine. But Juve had so many absences and being unable to, to capitalize on that, I think, is, is really tough. Uh, they're going to have a much, they're going to be able to put a much better squad on the field, I think, uh, in this second leg. Uh, you know, which the, the fact that it these two legs are like, what, four years between them, I think it's kind mm -hmm. of weird. But mm -hmm. we, we don't have to get into uh, league scheduling things again. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's a pretty small chance, frankly. I think that going into the going up into that stadium and overturning a one nil is that's a big ask. I don't doubt that the players are going to give it their all and it'll probably be a good game. Very tense, very exciting, but ultimately that just feels, that feels like too much to me. So I'll, I'll say like 10%, maybe 15. Yeah. It's going to be tricky because if we're going to go in there with the idea that we need to win this game, that plays into Juve's wheelhouse very well, which is on, on that counter with Dusan, who's very strong up there. Yeah. Um, you, Juve's looked a lot better over the past few weeks as well. Had, had you asked me this question, and I think we did cover it right after the loss, you know, my comment was our ability to win it versus Juve's ability to lose it. I, I, uh, I would give I, yeah. I would give it a stronger indication that Juve would lose this game versus we would win it but they've looked a lot better and they're getting healthier. So I, I am very much concerned. I may go a little bit, you know, higher to like 15%, but not much higher. I mean, marginally, you know, I, I think yeah. that there is a chance, but I also think that there's a chance after 15 minutes that uh, the game's already one nil to Juve because we pressed hard, we pushed hard and, and then they scored on the counter. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, that is, Max Allegri's favorite thing to do, right, is score one goal and then just sit on it forever. And I, I think that might be enough in this one. Yeah. Which, boy, I really hate saying that so much. Last question from Jimmy Fabes. Of the bottom seven who could realistically get relegated, who would you like to see stay up? I mean, I think the easy answer is Venezia, right? Like yeah, Venezia for me, yep. Okay, I, I I just love the the pregame uh, canal rides. Yeah, that's like, really like cool. If they're on if they're on TV, the best thing that I've seen in in uh, Paramount Productions is the boat rides, the gondola rides. But it's not a gondola; it's like a huge boat that takes yeah. them from their hotel right on the canal, and then you know takes them all the way over on a boat to the stadium, and they literally get out of the boat onto a dock and walk into their dressing room. Yeah. I, I, I personally think it's the greatest thing that I've seen in a long, long time. So Venezia. So I, I will push back a little bit on this. The problem with Venezia is they are so cool. Like yeah. their in-stadium music is always excellent. Their jerseys are fantastic. Yep. Every, you know what? Every neutral loves them. Yep. And you know what the problem with that is? That's supposed yes, to be the role that Fiorentina fills in Serie A. We're supposed to be yeah. everyone's second favorite team. Yep. And get yep. these get these suckers back out to their lagoon yeah beautiful life uh I, I think the other one i'd like to see stay up is spezia which it looks like they probably will uh and i'm i'm, I'm pretty impressed with that i think they've yeah, done and- well uh, especially losing as much as they did in the uh in the summer whoopsie, yeah, well, whoopsie, I mean, whoopsie. we may have had a part in that yeah whoopsie but uh, no, i know i like spezia i like the way they play i think they've got some fun players and the fact that they have managed to it looks like they will be staying up for the second time in a row. Good on them. Uh, again, though, I I really do want Colliery to go down after this second one with uh, Mike Magnan and Fikayo uh, Tomori, where the crowd racially abused them. I, they do this literally every game, every year, and we don't need to see that uh, ever again, frankly. And if that means that Sardinia just doesn't have any representation in Serie A, I'm fine with that. All right. I think that's, uh, is that everything we got, producer Mike? 
That's it on the questions. All right. And uh, yeah, just just so everyone knows, we uh, we didn't get to your questions. Sorry, we did get a bunch, but we'll we'll try to get to them uh, next time around. But uh, yeah, I think for now we're gonna jump into a commercial break. But don't go anywhere. We will be back right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everyone. We're just going to go ahead and close this out with a quick conversation about uh, the Fiorentina striking situation. And uh, I think the real question that we are asking, a lot of people are asking is, what's up with Arthur Cabral? Is it time to, to move him up top and, and throw Christoph Piontek onto the bench? Where, where are you with this? Very confused. Very confused. And I'll start with saying this. This isn't one of those situations where I think Italiano's playing games here. As Cabral's been on the pitch a couple times, he hasn't looked like the player that we saw in, in a lot of those uh, those videos coming over from Switzerland. Footwork has not been good. Very slow. Doesn't seem to have a great work uh, rate, which has been concerning. So for me, it's it's who is Cabral? And is he going to ever develop into the, what do we buy, 10, 12 million euros, whatever it was? Is he ever going to develop in that player? Or is this going to be another story of 10 to $12 million wasted? I, I'm actually not as low on him as you are. I, I think he's looked fine when he's played. I, he looks energetic to me. I like the way he plays. I think he adds a lot much more in the buildup than Piontek does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Piontek is just helpless against like against strong center backs. He just gets enveloped completely. And Arthur Cabral is, he's a wide load. He's a, he's a, he's a thick boy. Uh, he is. I like that. I also just love the way that he runs. It's hilarious to me with his like elbows at a perfect 90 degree angle and his chest puffed way out and like taking big strides and swinging his arms really, really big. So I do, I do like that. That is I want not to... very aerodynamically correct though. No, Let's be honest about no, that. It is not. That's, that's why I like it. He's like a cartoon character. Uh, I, I think that this might be the time to to get him out there. I mean, let's be real. Fiorentina's probably not going to be in Europe next year. I know there's an outside chance, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I think these last eight, nine games, this is when you kind of want to see what you got for next year. And I think that Arthur Cabral is absolutely someone you want to see what you have for next yeah. year. Uh, Piontek, I mean, scored a lot of goals so far. Good on him. But he just he adds nothing in the buildup. 
Uh, he works hard without the ball. I'll give him that. He, he presses well, which I think is part of why Italiano likes him, but he's he can't dribble. He can't pass. Uh, he can't shoot from further than about 10 yards out. If he doesn't have a ball dropping right to him in front of goal, he's not going to score. And I, I just don't think – I think that's too limited for, for what Fiorentina is trying to do. I think that Arthur Cabral, again, not exactly a speed demon, but I think he's a little <laughs> bit more dynamic. I think he can do stuff with the ball at his feet. We've seen him score some goals from outrageous distances. Uh, he's got a little bit of – he's got a little skill. He can pass. He can link up. I think that he should be the better player. And I'm just, yeah, I'm really confused why we haven't seen any of him. Although I also wonder if this is uh, one of those things that uh, Italiano does where he tries to ease guys in a lot, like he did, like he's been doing with uh, Jonathan Icone, for example. But why? <laughs> uh, I mean, he's, I mean, Arthur Cabral's young. He's what, 20, 22, right? I mean, here he is living in a whole new country, new team, new language, new system. I, I get why you don't that want happens to... all the time. That happens all the time. I I don't know. I don't know. This, this this situation does really confuse me because I am not sure who Cabral is. Um it, it, listen, maybe he was with a, a running coach and, and learning how not to run as upright. I, maybe that's what we've been <laughs> working on all this time. Uh I, I I'm with you. I, I think a couple of things. Uh Piontek should not be the number one. Piontek was brought in here to be a vice. And moving him to number one is, is a very big deficiency. Yeah. And another reason why we should not be happy with the move of Dushan away and then what we replaced him with. But the replacement for Dushan was Cabral. Yeah. It can't be just another long-term thing. If everything that we're doing now is punting it to the long-term how is that going to be any kind of productivity for the fans? And, and those fans have been great in that stadium, but they need to see something that's going to be a little bit more immediate. And I'm also with you in the stand in the sense that we need to see what we have for next year. We need to see how these players play together or if they don't, and then we need to know who we're going to go and purchase because we have a lot of money. I don't know if we're going to spend it all, but we have a lot of money that's coming in between Dushan Chiesa, and then whatever we can get for some of these other, you know, players that have just kind of been bouncing around either at the club or on loan, we need to do a lot of cleanup and, and start upgrading the squad in, in several positions. Is Cabral something that we can have as serviceable or do we need to upgrade him? That's a big question. Big, yeah. big question. No, fair. So it sounds like you're not real sold on Piontek either. Would you pay that 15 nope. million euros to Hertha Berlin for him? Oh, hell no. Yeah, I'm with you, which feels no. so weird to say about a guy who scored, uh, what, six goals in a, a quarter of a season. But he's just he's he's just not the impact isn't there. The, I'm yeah. with you. The impact is not there. Yeah. The results are fine. I mean, he's always been a poacher scorer. Yeah. Um, but the impact is not worth the 15 million. And I also don't think that he's the direction in which the club's going. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, where I'm where is the direction going? I don't know that either. So I. I not sure. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'd I'd love to see some more Cabral over these uh over these next eight nine games and, and kind of get an idea who and what he is, what he's all about. All right, well let's let's go ahead and wrap this up with our usual uh three stars section. Uh, I'm gonna let's start with Baloney's and I'm gonna I'm gonna big up a guy who hasn't gotten a lot of love because he's playing for a team that has not gotten a lot of love this year. 
Uh, Luca Ranieri has been playing for Salernitana. They are bottom of the table. And the reason for that, of course, is that their defense is really, 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 really bad. Like, let's, you know, <laughs> let's not pretend like he's been some sort of revelation there and they're, uh, they've really impressed. Uh, that said, though, he is leading the club in minutes right now, which I think is a, a very good sign. I mean, I know he's not super young anymore, but we are still talking about a guy who's uh, young. He's got plenty of room to grow. I mean, he's playing all over the pitch. He's played as a uh, center back, as a left back, as a wing back. He's done all kinds of stuff. And yeah, it feels a little bit weird to me, I won't lie, to be uh to be talking up a guy who's a key part of a defense that's conceded 65 goals in uh 28, 28 outings <laughs> this year. But I mean this is this is part of the growth, right? This is how young players improve. I mean, it worked for Lolo Venuti with Benevento a few years ago. He was part of uh by the numbers, the worst defense in Serie A history. And he it helped him grow into a very competent Serie A defender. I think we're seeing the same with Luca Ranieri. And I'm, I think that's a good thing. I think this is actually a bigger indicator that we just can't keep talking about Kwame and Big Z every week, right? Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to be totally your spot on, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Yeah, really, no, I, I felt the really same pressure. You really got to call my bluff in front of everyone? Like, I, I, well, on. listen, I, I felt the same pressure you did. Uh, and, oh, and to man. be honest, you know, in, in our defense, those two players have been great. Yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to cave to the same pressure, and I'm going to go with my boy, uh, Spaluto. Uh, speaking of large boys. Man, you know, first half of the year – didn't get as much time, had to work his way into it. You go back to the beginning of this calendar year. In 2022, he has five goals and two in the last three. Yeah. I mean, he's putting together one heck of a back half of the season. And you know with him, like, confidence isn't an issue, but his confidence is growing. Yeah. That body is definitely maturing. Jeez. He's learning how to take the abuse of, of, of professional athletes I am curious just to see what he develops into. I'd love to see him come back in and get some opportunity with the first team. Not sure again, like the project that we're working towards, we should be targeting already established players. Maybe he'll have an opportunity, but he's putting in the work. He's having a lot of results, you know, another year or two on loan. Maybe he can come over to the main team and, and uh, you know, see see the fruits of his labor there. But he's, he's having a good good run of things. Yeah, uh, 10 goals now for the season, too, which is really impressive for his first outing as a, as a full professional. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think this is one of the other things that we forget with these, these younger guys, even if they don't reach that Fiorentina standard. They're still saleable assets, right? Like, if you're a smart club, these young guys who you don't think are going to quite get there, you can still sell them for $5 million. We're still selling for three million. It's and, just unfortunate that we haven't seen that happen over the yeah. past few years, right? You no, know, and we, no, we haven't. We've seen so <laughs> many. We've seen so many Serie A quality players leave the club for free, right? Yeah. Like, yep, yep. Uh, I mean, we're loan, we're loan yeah. until until, until they, their it's contracts determined. are out, and then they yeah. leave for free. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. this is something that I would really like to see the the team do better. I'm not saying that Spaluto isn't going to be good enough to play for the senior side. I think he might be. Uh, and I'm also never oh, gonna agree. I'm never gonna bet against him because he could literally kick my head off. Kick your ass, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean 
former kickboxer. No, yeah, I think that's a good one. Current to... kickboxer. Current kickboxer. Is he still doing it? No, oh, yeah, yeah. He, oh, that, that's that's awesome. his workout. That's his workout. I explained some of the uh, some of the finishes he hits. All right, nice. Uh, who who you got for the Primavera? I know we talked about them a little bit earlier, but who's uh, who's been standing out to you a lot recently? Ninth goal of the season. I'm going to go with Tochi. All right, yeah. Yeah, I can't argue he's, that. He, he's been looking good, and and I'm also going to say this. You know, it's kind of hard to keep going with the same players, but we had. I, I don't know if we've talked about much uh, about this kid. Um, there's a player there again. I mean, when, when you're lining up on a team that's, you know, doing fairly well now, but, you know, scoring nine goals, he's taken away minutes from other players. And there's a lot of confidence uh, that's brewing in him. There's a lot of confidence from, from Aquilani uh, in, in using him. I, I like what I'm seeing there. And, and I'm not sure if I like him as much as Spaluto. Uh, but there, there's definitely an opportunity for next year for him to go on loan and, and um, get some get some uh, professional minutes there. I mean, in fairness, you don't like him as much as Spaluto because he's not quite <laughs> as large as Spaluto, but he is still pretty large. He's still he, like, he is still pretty large, but I, I don't know. You, you, you're, you're not getting as large as Spaluto. That dude's, um, that dude's he's, he's a tank. He's sturdy. No, I, yeah, Totsi's yeah. a great call. I think Elian Tochi, Totsi, I'm sorry, the Albanian is not even close for me. Um, it's no, pronounced Smith. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yep. <laughs> no, good, great call. I'll uh, I'll call up a guy who I've mentioned. I think kind of towards the start of this season, in uh, Giovanni Corradini, he's been playing as the regista uh, for Aquilani for a lot of the year. Uh, came up as more of a number ten, uh, very much a dribbler, a creative player, settling in as the regista, trying to learn how to control the tempo. Uh, I think is it's been a little bit of a, a process for him, but he's displaced Bianco from that role, which I think speaks very highly of him. And uh, yeah, just got his third assist uh, a couple weeks ago of the season against, uh, I don't even remember who against now. Milan, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was Milan. Uh, but yeah, he, he just looks like he could be uh, another one of those players who could really do a job. Reminds me a little bit of like uh, Leonardo Capezzi or Jacopo Petriccione. Both guys who are Serie A quality players and left for free. Uh, so yeah, good for mm. Corradini, doing well. Uh, mm. Women's team, who you got? London. Yeah, nailed it. Yep. That's yep. yeah. That's two who goals, I had to. Two goals against Verona, eighth of the season, three assists. Um, yeah, and and she got two goals after coming in. I think what on the fifty fourth minute. Yeah. After uh, Giacinti went down. Um she's been she's been saving us in, in in several of these most recent games where we need to be saved yeah no she's been she's been incredible i did not think she was gonna be what she was for this team and holy smoke yeah. she's been amazing uh yeah I, I feel a little bit bad even calling up anyone is uh being really remarkable recently for this team uh just because of where they are in the standings like fourth from the bottom three points out of the relegation places uh just lost uh two nil to milan i don't know man i i know karen london for sure but i'm i'm having a lot of trouble feeling good about fiorentina femminile right now which uh how weird is it like we finally feel good about uh i guess we should call them fiorentina masculine at this point and now femminile is struggling and for what half a decade it's been the opposite I mean, it's just, we really can't have both. Really? Come on. 
man. Like yang, yang, uh, yang. Uh, every it's, time. It's the world. All you right, just can't man. be can't be too happy. Yeah, that's that. But if you're a Fiorentina fan, that's never going to be your problem. Nope. All right, all right, dude. We should uh, we should let you get down to your Brunello and your uh, your dinner here. Halibut, halibut time. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Yeah, that actually uh, does sound good. Oh, my wife makes a bang in halibut. I can't wait. So I'm glad we 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 finished this eight minutes early. Yeah, no, go go ahead, and get down there, man. Uh, have dinner. Uh, enjoy the enjoy the Sunday. Talk to you. See you on the other side. There we go. Take care. Viola Station is hosted by Mike and Tito. Producer Mike produced this episode. Our theme song is Great Catch by Windchime Weather. Check them out at windchimeweather.bandcamp.com. Viola Station is the podcast from violanation.com. Viola Nation is part of the SB Nation Network. Forza Viola. Podcast Network.